Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Okay, this is going to be 2 Samuel chapter 24. This is going to be the last last chapter in the book of Sam, 2 Samuel. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he, apparently something is missing, and Satan should be the, inter, the antecedent of he. He moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. So it's not God that's doing this. God could not be angry with David for numbering the people if he moved him to do it, but in the parallel place, it is expressly said Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. That's in First Chronicles 21. David, in, an all, in all possibility, in all probability, slackening in his piety and confidence toward God and meditating some extension of his dominion without the divine counsel or command, was naturally curious to know whether the number of fighting men in his empire was sufficient for the work which he had projected. He therefore orders Joab and the captains to take an exact account of all the effective men in Israel and Judah. God is justly displeased with his with this conduct and determines that the props of his vain ambition shall be taken away, either by famine, war, or pestilence. And that was by Clark. Verse 2, For the king said to Joab, the, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto the people, how many soever they be, a hundredfold, and that the eyes of my lord the king may see it. But why doth my lord the king delight in this thing? Notwithstanding the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host, and Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. And they passed over Jordan and pitched in Aror on the right side of the city that lieth in the midst of the river of Gad and toward Jazer. Then they then they came to Gilead and to the land of Tatim Hadshi, and they came to Dan-Jayan, and about to Zidon, and came to the stronghold of Tyre, and to all the cities of the Hivites, and of the Canaanites, and they went out to the south of Judah, even to Beersheba. So when they, when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave up the sum of the number of the people unto the king. And there were in Israel eight hundred thousand valiant men that drew the sword, and the men of Judah were five hundred thousand men. Wow. 500,000 Judahites, and that means there's only 300,000 of the rest of them. That's not very many. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land, or wilt thou flee three months before thine enemies while they pursue thee, or that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a in a great strait. Let us fall now into the into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, and let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba seventy thousand men. 
And when the angel stretched out his hand upon it, Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord said unto, unto him, the Hebrew says the root means to sigh, therefore to feel sorry. Okay, the Joseph Smith translation changes this a lot, so I'll just read the JST as it's written. And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord said unto him, Stay now thine hand, it is enough. For the people repented, and the Lord stayed the hand of the angel, that he destroyed not the people. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. And David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people, and said, Lo, I have sinned, and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let, let thine hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. In an attempt to appease the Lord and stay the plague that was smiting Israel, David purchased the threshing floor, a large open area where the rock base is flat and the grain could be threshed and winnowed without great mixed, without getting mixed with dirt. From Aruna, and there, be, and there built an altar to the Lord. This site later became the place where Solomon built his temple. And it's believed that that rock that's, uh, that was used as the threshing floor is where the Holy of Holies would have stood. That's the Institute Manual. Verse 19, And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Aruna said, Wherefore is my Lord come? Wherefore is my Lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aruna said unto David, Let my Lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here, are, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as a king give unto the king, and Aruna said unto the king, The Lord the Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord thy God, unto the Lord my God, of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver. And David built an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offering and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. Elder Sterling W. Sill has said, one of the distinguishing characteristics of our world is that it is a place of law and order. And the basic law of creation is God's fundamental law of compensation. It says that all work must be paid for, that we can do no more do a, th a good thing without sometime in some way receiving a reward than we can do an evil thing without suffering a penalty. In everything that we do, including the very thoughts that we think, we are subject to this interesting, undeviating eternal law. It is just as universal in its operation as are the laws of gravity, electricity, light, or heat. It is never set aside, it is never suspended or restricted, and it governs in every department of human activity. Nothing is ever denied to well-directed effort, and nothing is ever achieved without it. The Lord himself gave this law its clearest expression when he said, There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. It is a thrilling challenge that we may have any blessing that we are willing to live for. And for the primary law of the universe is this immutable, inexorable, irrevocable law of the harvest that says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And uh, that was by Sterling W. Sill. I bear testimony that these things are true and see and say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Where do we go next time? Find out. Bye.